So are you ready to PR yourself? We'll remove the mystery from all things PR and we'll discuss everything from our top strategies to tips and tricks and everything that you can utilize to further enhance your brand or your message. I've been in media, I'm a journalist, and I'm also a publicist. I am Leah Frazier, CEO of Think3 Media and your host for PR Yourself with Leah Frazier. Let's go. So Cynthia, why don't you tell everybody who you are, what you do, just in case they're not already aware of you. So my name is Cynthia Smoot. I am a partner at Gangway Advertising. We are a lifestyle, um, I I call it something different every time, a marketing firm, a digital agency, a PR firm, like whatever you need, I do it. We pretty (laughs) pretty much do it all. and so I always say we work with the fun stuff, so restaurants, bars, travel, fashion, beauty, a lot of nonprofits. Um, that's what we do. And that's what I love, love working with, talking about the people, places and things that give Dallas its flavor. I love that. You see how she had that elevator pitch mm-hmm. down. I got it down. <laughs> And she just helps create. I think that you're one of the I look up to you and I have seen you literally take something and just build amazing buzz around that where it's like, did you hear about that? Okay, yeah, well, we know Cynthia probably has something to do behind that. And you also do events. I mean, from time to time, I've gone to some really great events of yours that you've done with like Emmett Smith and Pat Emmett Smith Charities. And you're always on the scene. (laughs) I know it's a good thing I like to be out right so most people are like hey you know I work at home during the day and so by five o'clock I'm climbing the walls I'm so ready to get out so I'm it's very well suited to my job because you know being in PR you have to be at a lot of events at night so um yeah so that schedule works well for me and and for this job so I'm going to do something that I tell people that they shouldn't do well I mean you can but you need to be prepared to pay for it I'm going to pick your brain okay (laughs) Only for you while I give it away. (laughs) (laughs) So, Cynthia, currently I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to ignore the pink elephant in the room. We're in the midst of COVID-19 and the pandemic. And it's just changed so much, uh, whether that's in PR, media, press, marketing in general. What are some of those changes that you've had to adjust to, like, when it first hit? So let's just say, let's go back to March. What were you, were you like, oh, shit? (laughs) Well, I, uh, yes, it was kind of an oh, holy cow moment, because a large majority of what I work on are big annual galas and events and fundraisers for the nonprofits that we represent. And so immediately, all of that business got shut down. And our clients were freaking out because Leah, as you know, for a nonprofit, these annual fundraisers that they do, and typically a nonprofit will have one big event, maybe two that they do a year. And that's really where the majority of their operating capital comes from for the upcoming year. So to just say, well, we're going to cancel this event was not really an option for these people. And so everybody was kind of looking at me to help them figure out what we were going to do. And so immediately I said, we've got to pivot and do this virtually. And then everybody went, well, what does a a virtual event look like? And I said, well, I don't know, but we're going to figure it out. And then so all of a sudden, you know, I found, found myself scrambling to figure out not only how to create a virtual event, but how to do it successfully 
and still raise these funds that these you know nonprofits were so desperately in need of. So it's been very challenging, but also very exciting. I mean, that's one of the things I love about this industry is that no two days are ever the same. No two clients are ever the same. And I really thrive on that change. And so for me, when you kind of back me into a corner, I feel like that's when I do my best work. Cynthia in a corner. (laughs) (laughs) You back baby in a corner, honey, I'm coming out swinging. (laughs) And I think that's so cool because once I kind of uh, saw you at the rise of figuring out the virtual events, I saw many of the people that you work with recording um, so that uh, I don't know if it was live stream or zoomed or however you guys it did was it. all of the above. Oh, wow. I mean, I, I, I was seeing all this on social media, but it was at the same time that I was seeing I wouldn't necessarily say the complaints, but maybe the fears of a lot of the nonprofits to say, you know, we don't know what to do. People are kind of at this point as it went further along in the pandemic, maybe they're a little zoomed out or how do you retain someone's interest that long via a virtual event? I mean, how did you overcome all of those little well, stigmas? I feel like I was very fortunate with a couple of factors. Um, first of all, I had an established partnership with uh, a studio here in, in Dallas called On Air Media. Shout out Melissa. She, yes, my soul sister, Melissa Plaskoff. So, she looked cray cray, but we love her. So I immediately <laughs> called Melissa and I said, we need to meet. And so within the first, like literally when they announced the shutdown, within 48 hours, we were sitting in her office for like four hours kind of figuring out like what could we do? How could we partner? Because we had to make this thing work. And so... I didn't let any grass grow under my feet. Um, I kind of hit the ground running in terms of setting up, you know, a partnership for somebody to do the things that I knew our agency didn't do. And so it's been um, really great. And when I say no two clients are the same, that means no two events are the same. And so, you know, we've done all kinds of virtual events. Some of them have been live. Some of them have been pre-recorded. Some of them have been a combination of both. Some of them have had an interactive component. So you really, you know, just like when you're creating an event in and of itself, you kind of have to look at who is the target audience, what's the mission and the goal, and how are we going to get there? So it's been really fun. Um, And every single client that, that we have done a virtual event with to this point has made money. And so it's nice. it's super rewarding and fulfilling just to see the gratitude from the clients and just to know that you're you know you're really you're making a difference and we don't always get to see that in the work that we do and so that's been a really great kind of benefit. That's what I was going to ask you especially in the wake of like I said the fear that I felt or actually I, I've seen from a lot of the local nonprofits that were like we're used to this being a multi-million dollar luncheon can't do this anymore and you having a hand in helping them to raise those funds so that they can continue operations I mean that's that's a great feeling Cynthia well there were a couple of things that happened first of all one of the I was on a call a zoom call early on kind of just being a fly on the wall on a board meeting Mm -hmm. and you know typically with when you're talking to board of directors there there are people who are more established, more senior in their career. So they're a little more set in their ways. You're saying this so nice. And <laughs> I heard at least 10 times, some somebody would say, well, but we've always done it. And the way it's always worked. And mm. but this is what we've always done. And finally, I just broke in and I said, people, we are in a situation where you're going to have to step outside your comfort zone. 
in 2020, we're not going to be able to do things the way you've always done them and get the same results you've always gotten. So here's what's gonna happen. I am the captain of this ship, you are the sailors with your oars in the water, and so you are going in this direction and you will follow my lead and it will be fine. But I mean, this is how I operate. Like I don't take clients who don't take my direction. <laughs> Because see why I love her so much. She just went in there and was like, "There can only be one chief on this tribe." Listen to what I have to say. But I love that. But also, the time is so short. You don't have time right now when things are changing so fast. And especially, I'm sure you guys had deadlines. And normally around this time, there would have been a million galas. You don't have time to sit in your fear. But Leah, I feel like you will probably be nodding your head in agreement with me when I say this. I feel like a lot of people get intimidated when they work with really successful, powerful people. What I find is those people are smart enough to know what they do well and what they do not do well. And that's the reason I've been hired is because I've been brought in to fill a need for something they do not do well. So I don't feel bad asserting my power in those situations, because that's what you're paying me for, is to guide you, to lead you into the promised land. Mm -hmm. And so honestly, I feel like there's a sense of relief that they don't have to be in charge. Right. I mean, what did they, well, it wasn't virtual or it was Zoom. It was Zoom. So what did their face look like when you (laughs) gave them that? Well, I was, it was. served it to them like that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, like somebody I wish there was like a mic drop emoji I would have been in that chat like and I drop the mic it was all good and I and I said it very you know with humor with humor but um you know I mean it's not you got to laugh or you're gonna cry you know like this has just been a very trying year and I find that that's how I get through most things is just with grace and humor and assertiveness for you people that don't want to step outside the box when you only have four seconds left to take the last (laughs) shot in the basketball game Mm -hmm. just saying just saying (laughs) so I do have a question right now um I mean is there anything on the rise in virtual events that you see on the horizon that people can be implementing that kind of makes it a little bit more fun I've seen everything from all right you're gonna get this subscription box dropped off at your house or come to the event totally dressed and glammed up I mean how if if this second wave comes through and we get shut down again and we're forced to do all of these virtual events how can we (laughs) ensure attendance and interaction well i think at first it was easy because it was so new to everybody that anything you did and people just wanted to be supportive right and and we all thought this was going to be so temporary um, so I feel like the people who really jumped in early had the biggest benefit because, you know, nobody had set a bar at that standpoint. So anything you did was good. Now that we're six plus months into it and looking into spring of 2021, I feel like you're going to have to start to get a little savvier about the events that you create. And so I do think that there are, um, you know, again, depending on your event, um, maybe it is, you know, having a social media campaign 
prior to taking photo, like sending out something to have people create, you know, like dress up, you know, hold this sign, post it on social media, like kind of building that excitement beforehand through some sort of social media campaign can be fun. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, and it makes people want to tune in because we're going to take all the best pictures and we're going to be running them throughout the event. Um, I, you know, and also like you said, doing something interactive. I am participating in an event next month um, that's uh, for cancer research, and it's called, um, and now I'm going to blank out because it's not one of my clients, but it's um, like paint the canvas red or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so they sent me a box that had like a eight by 10 blank canvas, some paints, and a bottle of wine. And so the night of the event, you're going to tune in, and they're going to have somebody who's actually giving, like, a painting lesson. Oh, that's fun. And so I thought... you have to tune in. You can't tune out. Look, this isn't even (laughs) a client, and I said I would do it, because I just think that sounds fun. That's fun. So I think if you, you know, you have to think about, again, what is your goal? What is your mission? How can you get people to sit there for 30 minutes to an hour and actually listen to what you have to say. So I think doing something like that where there's an activity um, is a great idea. And I think, you know, we have a real opportunity to really cast a wide net. I mean, this is sort of a genre where if you couldn't afford a 250 plus dollar seat, you were kind of left out. And now by broadcasting these events digitally, you can offer your ticket at a lower price point you can expand your audience and you're really creating a new donor base moving forward. So I think there's a huge opportunity for people who do it right. And I'm not going to give much more away just because you guys are going to literally have to binge watch or not binge watch, but at least binge listen to all these episodes because Cynthia is going to come back to talk about nonprofit PR because that is a whole lane in and of itself. I was just made aware the other day of virtual volunteering. I didn't even know that virtual volunteering was a thing. I was on a call. Welcome to 2020. (laughs) I I didn't know what it was. I was on this like a digital marketing panel and there was one girl, I think uh, she was the social media girl. Just want to give her a shout out because she was just so uh, interesting with the North Texas Food Bank. And she was saying how, just like you were saying earlier, look, things were moving so fast, we had to figure out how to recoup what we knew we were going to lose. And so we came up with this concept of virtual volunteering. And I'm like, well, how do you do that? <laughs> do you? I, I, don't, I don't know how you do it. But now that maybe you thing. need to have her on the show. Trending. I know I should ask her to come in. Like, <laughs> can you give us your tips for free? But anyways, so is there anything else you want to recap as far as events are concerned? Because I think that's kind of the highlight of it's been the highlight of the pandemic. And people don't really see that as a form of PR, which is just odd for me. Well, you know, what's interesting is from a PR standpoint, typically there's like a little bit of media leading up to it. And most of your PR is post event, right, with the party picks and Mm -hmm. That sort of thing. What I've seen this year is that flip, which I really think is to the organization's benefit because what has happened, at least for me and my clients, is I've gotten so much more media coverage pre event, Mm -hmm. really talking about the cause the people that are, you know, making a difference and the organization, which is really ultimately what they want anyway, is a focus on their services, what they're doing for the community. Um, And so, and then there's like a little bit of, you know, post-event press afterwards. So honestly, I, I think it's, it's almost better that way that the nonprofit is actually getting a bigger bang for their buck 
by sort of flipping that model. So um, it's been more work for me. But <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, but, it, but to your point, now that if you do it on a pre-level, you have more people attending that can potentially donate. Then after the fact, um, if they just saw the party picks, oh, that's cool. I want to go next year. <laughs> what do you get out of it? Right. Exactly. So do you want to t- sell a ticket to a party or do you really want to find people who relate to your cause and want to become supporters That's for a true. long time? So hmm. I like it. Both are important. All right. So how to pivot PR during a pandemic. Say that three times like really freaking fast. <laughs> All right, Cynthia. So we have about six minutes and I want to pick your PR brain on some hot news. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. All right. So I am obsessed with Tamron Hall, all things Tamron Hall, and Stassi Schroeder, Vanderpump Rules. I am one of the inaugural fans that knew all the episodes. And, you know, there was in the recent, you know, racial uprest, um, there were some things that were dug up that Stassi had said and alleged against a prior, you know, co I guess co-star of the show that was African-American that didn't go in her favor Stassi gets fired of course you know we're in the midst of cancel culture and all of that so things kind of die down in the media she's now pregnant which you know congrats on that it's like three Vanderpump Rules folks that are pregnant all at the same time Brittany uh Stassi and the other, Lala. Lala. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Help the sister That's, out. Yeah. Who doesn't post her pregnancy pics on IG, by the way, because I'm that nosy. Uh, <laughs> it's all about her lip brand. Um, but Stassi ends up going on Tamron Hall, which I feel, I think she has a great mix of an audience. But I think with the dissolution of some other daytime talk shows, it's now navigated where I feel like a lot of African-American women tune in. And Tamarin has this great audience. Stasi goes on the show to defend herself in the wake of everything that's going on, the elections, Black Lives Matter, all of this, to pretty much say, I have this uh, diversity coach, and I'm wronged my ways, or I'm making right of my ways, and goes on the show, and it does not go too great. Did you watch it? See, I thought it went fine. I like, was I, cringing, frankly, Cynthia. Frankly, I wasn't really sure what she got so upset about afterwards. It's like, <laughs> listen, I mean, first of all, the first thing her publicist probably told her when that whole thing happened is shut your mouth and lay low. You need to let this blow over. There is literally nothing you can say that's going to go in your favor. So you need to just go away, hide in a hole and wait for something else to happen in the world. So people turn their heads. And that's what she did for about three or four months. Which was, that part was good. Which was smart. But after the Tamron Hall interview, I know I saw it on Twitter, where mm-hmm. like Stassi feels pretty much like bulldozed by her Tamron Hall interview. It didn't go so well, blah, blah, blah. And my first thought was, well, do we look at the publicist to say, was she prepared enough? Should she have not gone on the show at all? Tamron made it very clear um, after the fact. She's like, look, I don't send the questions ahead of time. You know what the subject matter is because I want it to be an authentic conversation. Well, exactly. I don't think you can blame a publicist for not preparing Stasi. Or, I mean, frankly, you, yeah, you. it doesn't matter if you didn't know the specific questions. You knew what the topic was going to right. be. You chose that interviewer specifically because of her race and her audience. So would you have done the same thing? Would you strategic? Did you think that was a good strategy? Well, listen, Oprah's not available anymore. So... <laughs> 
we next... only have one, and you can't go on the Breakfast Club because that is just going to be terrible for you. I mean, frankly, I I think it was too soon. I would mm. have advised her that that three months is not long enough. You like you just need to stay quiet um what do you think's going on there you think she's trying to get back after baby into reality TV i think she or? just bought like a, a million dollar house and she needs to pay her mortgage so she's she's trying to you know dig her way out of a hole is what she's trying to do she's trying to get her podcast back she's trying to get her sponsors back she's mm. trying to get her spot on the show back so you know three months can pro- i'm sure felt like three years to her so mm. i understand why she wanted to do it I don't necessarily think it was the smartest thing for her to do and I like I said I didn't think the interview went that bad I thought it went as well as it could um I mean the fact is she did what she did she said what she said the fact that she I mean really all you can do is just own it and say I'm going to try and do better and that's what she did right yeah I, I agree with you I think timing is everything uh, I wish I had more time to pick your brain because I felt that same way with the Andrew Gillum interview yeah. as well. I thought it was I mean, a little the, too soon. The people <laughs> the people who want to hate on her are going to still hate. And the people who love her are going to forgive her and want to see this phoenix rise from the ashes. And that's just the way it's going to be with any public figure. You are never going to make everybody happy. You're never going to change everybody's minds. And you just have to be okay with that. And frankly... You know, I'm sure she isn't really concerned about our opinion. She's concerned about her sponsors is who she's concerned about. Right. She's got to get that money at the end of the day. It's all about that money, honey. (laughs) Although I've been watching her stories and, you know. I I knew Cynthia knew. (laughs) I mean, the other day she was posting her closet organizer, you know, doing the baby's nursery. And that she had more clothes in that baby closet than I have in mine. So clearly she's she's got some some cash stashed away. She doesn't look like she's too concerned about it. So I think she'll be just fine. Well, this will be interesting to see where things head. But I love that opinion, Cynthia, just because it was just a tad different than mine. But that's what I love about just having these conversations because everybody's point of view is so different. But we do agree with the timing issue, which across all landscapes of PR, if this is something you're doing for your business or brand, timing is everything. So even as you heard her talk about before, even with these virtual events, the timing of when you're reaching out to press and when you're trying to get the messaging out is important. Timing, 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 timing. So is there anything else you want to leave people with before we tell people how to follow you and reach out because some of the stuff you don't want to do yourself? (laughs) Well, listen, you're welcome to try. And then when it doesn't work the way you want it to, you can call me. (laughs) Some of you guys will be amazing, but, but if not, uh, Cynthia, how can people get in touch with you? So you can follow me on social media at Gangway ADV, which is short for advertising. You can follow me on my personal channels at Oh So Cynthia, O H S O Cynthia, and um, go to our website, GangwayAdvertising.com. You can learn more about our services, see the clients we represent, um, and just get to know a little bit more about us. And there's a contact form on there if you want to reach out and just have a cup of coffee and we'll chat. Yeah, you could do it virtually on Zoom. And also, I will say that Cynthia is very entertaining to follow on social media, even if you want to utilize her services or not. She has very fabulous friends, especially those in entertainment. So follow, follow, follow. And thank you, Cynthia, for giving me some of your time today. Thank you. And congratulations on the new show. I'm super excited to hear who else you have coming up and the episodes to follow. Thank you. 
you're amazing. Please follow, follow if you learned some amazing tips from the PR veteran herself, Cynthia Smoot. Please feel free to tag, 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 and share. Click subscribe and leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. And if you have any episode suggestions, you can send them to Leah at think3media.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time.